Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good afternoon. Happy hour two of the Colleen and Bradley show here on My Talk 1071. We're streaming live and doing everything entertainment over on our website, mytalk1071.com. Also on our app, please download it. And of course... You can catch your favorite My Talk podcast there as well, including Go Deep in the Shallow. Please do it. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts. We have Grant with us today as well. Colleen should be back on Monday. And uh, I don't know what day it is, nor what week it is, but I do know, I do know that we have a question for our audience, 651-641-1071. What is your favorite romantic comedy? We're talking rom-coms this hour for a very specific reason, and you guys, I don't know if you saw this story. It's I just want to make jokes about it all day um, and be a 12-year-old, but there is a new romantic comedy coming out with two of our favorite people, Channing Tatum and Sandy Bullock, and the name of the movie of this romantic comedy uh, is called The Lost City of D. <laughs> okay. <Anyone? laughs> Anyone? Who's producing this movie? Uh, The forthcoming Paramount Pictures feature (laughs) is being directed by Adam and Aaron Nee. I don't know who those two are. Um, It's being produced uh, by, uh, I think this is Sandra Bullock's um, company, Fortis Films, uh, along with somebody called Three Dot Productions. Anyway, it's going to be, and this is what got me on the topic of uh, romantic comedies. It's going to be l- sort of loosely romancing the stonish, which Ooh, a little adventure. Love that movie. Good Wasn't that reference. wasn't that a great movie? Six five one six four one one zero seven one. What's your favorite romantic comedy? I would say mine is really romancing the stone, which is why I wanted to ask this question because it just brought me back to that place of it had to be the mid eighties, right? Mid eighties. Yes. Um, When Romancing the Stone came out with uh, Kirk Douglas, Kirk Douglas, Mike Douglas, (laughs) (laughs) that'd be a a totally different film called On Uh, Golden Romancing the Kidney Stones. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) Good one. Um, Romancing the Gallstone. Hey, yo. (laughs) Yeah. So, no, it was uh, Mike Douglas. Mike Douglas? Why does that not sound right? I like that you're really abbreviating everybody in this segment. Michael Sandy Douglas. Bullock, Sandy Bullock. Mike Douglas. Well, Mike Douglas, I'm thinking, never mind. Michael you're Douglas. The, you're thinking of the talk show host. Talk no, show he was host. not in Romancing the Show. <laughs> he was also not in that movie. It's, it's, a, it's a weird time, you guys. Anyway, Michael Douglas <laughs> and Kathleen Turner, one of and my Danny favorite uh, actresses. And, of course, Danny DeVito. Um, and the Gators. Oh, my gosh. 
my just my childhood is going on. I'm going to watch that movie tonight. Okay, so I'm glad you said that because I said that to Jamie, my partner, last night when I saw the story. I was like, "Do you, how do you feel about romancing the stone?" He's like, "Oh, I like it." I was like, "How do you feel about watching it this week?" So <laughs> I think we'll be doing that too. 1984. Anyway, Holly um, and Grant, feel free to interrupt. Uh, we do have one caller. Whenever you guys are ready, just letting you know. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go right to the phones. Who do we have on the phone? We've got Jordan on the phone. All right. So, Jordan, what is your favorite romantic comedy? Hello? Hey, Jordan. Hi. How's it going, guys? Good. What's your favorite romantic comedy? I kind of have two that are tied, but it would be Monster in Law and The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, yes. Oh. Ding, ding on The Devil Wears Prada. What's the other one? Monster in Law? Monster in Law. It's the one with Jennifer Lopez where she is, um, her mother-in-law keeps trying to sabotage her and her uh, fiance's relationship and like almost kills her with because um, she's allergic to peanuts and and um, I can't I'm forgetting the rest of the cast but those are my top two because of all the drama in it and who doesn't love Meryl Streep? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Devil Wears Prada for sure, uh, and then Monster in Law is Jane Fonda. I'm looking at. Uh, I've never seen that movie. Have you seen that movie, Holly? I have not seen Monster in Law, mm. but it had a lot of hype when it first came out. Do you remember that? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that recommendation. 651-641-1071. What's your favorite rom-com? Holly, do you have one? Well, one that comes to mind that is just a delightful film is 13 Going on 30. Have you seen that movie? No, tell me about it. All right. Well, it's Jennifer Garner and Mark Ruffalo. The movie came out in the early to mid-2000s. But it's kind of like a a play on the story big. So Jennifer Garner, well, she doesn't play the 13-year-old, but a 13-year-old wishes that she was 30 years old. Then she finds herself in the body of her 30-year-old self played by Jennifer Garner. Oh. I've never seen And Mark Ruffalo plays her grown-up version of her best friend. And it's a very sweet, lovely, light, frothy, romantic comedy. Really love that movie. All right, 13 going on 30. Grant, do we have anyone else on the phone? Yes, we do. We uh, Let me put this one on hold. We have Alicia on the phone right now. She's got some movies for us. All right, Alicia, what is your favorite rom-com? I love Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson. Something's Gotta Give. Oh, that is a good movie. That was like what? Um, early 2000s? Mid 2000s? Yeah. yeah. Mid-2000s. So, about right. what about it do you love? I love just the banter between the two of them. And I would have to say my favorite scene is when Diane Keaton is crying in her bed after um, she finds out that they are not exclusive. Mm. I don't remember that scene. Oh my gosh have to watch it i do want to watch that movie um it, is that the one they're like on the coast somewhere i just feel like there's yeah like... they're in her hamptons house yeah he is recovering from a heart attack mm. um and he was actually dating her daughter all right and that was 2003 and also keanu reeves was in that movie yes i don't remember that what did he play he played um jack nicholson's doctor and also diane keaton's love interest so it's like I love Square. Got it. It's a good movie. That yeah. is a good movie. Thank you for bringing... Did you have another one? No, that's it. Okay. Well, Sounds I mean The Proposal, as you were talking about Sandra Bullock, but yeah, I mean, good too. That's another great romantic comedy. Thank you yeah. for those. Um, if you guys... Let's see where are we at. Uh, do we have anyone else on the phone? Yeah, we've got Mary on the phone right now. Mary wants to sit, tell us her movie. 
All right. Hey, Mary, what's your favorite romantic comedy? Hey, How Mary. How to lose a guy in 10 days. Say that again? How to lose a guy in 10 days. Okay, tell me about that film. What do you love oh, about yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is where um, it's Goldie Hawn's daughter. I don't remember her name off the top of my head. But she works for uh, High Flutin Magazine, and she is the go-to girl, I'm doing air quotes, of how to, and it's like how to do this, how to do that. And so she came up with how to lose a guy in 10 days because her girlfriend could never keep a boyfriend. Yeah. That's it's what, hysterical. Matthew McConaughey is the the, the male interest yeah. in it. It's a it's a yeah. good it's a good movie. Exactly, and it's being needy, call him all the time, interrupt him during business meetings, and you know, go to poker night and, and you know bring cucumber sandwiches. Yeah, the one part but, and then so yeah, the one part that you're that that's important here is that Matthew McConaughey works for a another company and he has yeah. to basically get a girlfriend in a certain amount of time and he get he works for an advertising company and he gets this big advertising account if he can prove to a guy that he can get any girl in the bar and they point at her so now they're both like he's trying to get her while she's trying to dump him and it's pretty funny the the interaction and hilarity ensues yeah. for yeah. 90 minutes <laughs> probably <laughs> yes it's like you are in love and she's like no 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 so, yes, that is perfect. And my daughter, who is now 27, her and I know all the words to that movie. Mm. That is our default. That's the sign. And thank you, Mary. Thanks so much for your call. And thanks, thanks to Mary. everyone who called in. That's kind of the sign of a good rom-com, right? Like, it's a movie you can throw on at any point and just, you know, exactly what's going to happen. It's so delightfully predictable, but it's enjoyable for that very reason, because it's relatable and it's human. And fantastically so. Basically, all the movies that everyone called out were pretty much made in the year 2003 or 2004. I was going to say, I was Googling (laughs) each of those, and I was like, so apparently we all needed rom-coms in 2003. Um, I will say, so I just wanted to to follow up to just give you guys the details again, if you're wondering uh, more about this particular film. Uh, I know nothing else. So (laughs) Channing Tatum, I do know Channing Tatum is still in final talks. That was the last, um, unless something's been finalized since the end of uh, last week, or actually yesterday, it was Monday that this story came out, Um, and he's going to star opposite Sandra Bullock, and the movie is called The Lost City of D, also a chapter in my memoir. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help myself. All right, when we come back here on The Colleen and Bradley Show, Holly, we need to catch up with someone who's not going to be starring in a rom-com uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. So, can, do you mind if we go there? You fine with that? No, yeah, totally fine. Please okay. do. All right, we'll do that when we come back right here on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show here on My Talk 1071, streaming live, doing everything entertainment at about 1.16 in the afternoon on Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? Yeah, anyone? Yes, it's okay, Tuesday. Good. What? I just. <laughs> Bueller Tuesday, Bueller Tuesday, Tuesday? Tuesday? Allegedly the most productive like, day of the know. week. Yeah, I've been here since five in the morning. I don't know what time. Oh, of day. Grant, you are a trooper. Grant's probably hallucinating and seeing Pokemon Go in his studio and just like. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long day. Little, little Pikachu's. Well, we appreciate 
every oh, bit of your effort, yes. Grant. And um, right now, I'm sorry to do this to you, but we need to talk about Ghislaine Maxwell. And Holly, for the uh, audience, and maybe Grant, because I don't know if any other show talks about this ne'er-do-well the way we do, what is a Ghislaine Maxwell, and why would we be curious about what's going on in her life right about now? Well, a Ghislaine Maxwell is an individual who currently finds herself behind bars because she has been charged with federal crimes, including but not limited to sex trafficking, because Ghislaine Maxwell was basically Jeffrey Epstein's right-hand woman Mm -hmm. in all of his shenanigans. Mm -hmm. And the court of law is trying to prove that at this time. Yes, which has led her to be uh, incarcerated temporarily until her trial. She faces trial for doing things like recruiting girls uh, to be sexually abused by Jeffrey Epstein and grooming those girls as well. So um, she's been sitting in jail in Brooklyn before her hearing, or I should say before her trial. And if I remember correctly, I don't think her trial is scheduled to take place until about July of 2021 so she will be in jail this isn't just like her being in jail for 90 days or something and no she's going to be there for a while well she has tried and tried and tried again to get out of jail until her trial and the court up to this point has been like yeah absolutely not well then they did this hail mary thing uh her attorneys did and other members of her family particularly her her husband, her secret husband, remember, we didn't even know she had a husband. She had a secret husband. It's a long story. Secret husband. They they came up with this plan where they were like, okay, so I know you think she's a flight risk because she has billions of dollars and lots of international connections. And she's not really from the United States and she doesn't really spend much time here unless she's grifting and sexually assaulting people. But, you know, other than that, she's not going to go anywhere. And we've got lots of money. We'll prove it. So they hatched this plan. Uh, a bail plan and went to the judge and said look at all these millions of dollars she's not going anywhere uh the court said fat chance grandpa to quote a phrase um we're not doing it she is a big fat flight risk and we are not letting her anywhere near freedom until her trial so this latest attempt which we talked about before the holiday um a 30 if i remember correctly uh, i don't need to remember i can read uh, $30 million bail package that was backed not only, Holly, by her siblings, uh, but her secret husband, as we mentioned. And his name, by the way, is Scott Borgerson. Um, the, the fact that you have a secret husband, I mean, that just sends up red flags just right away. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, my secret husband has put together a $30 million bail package because, you know, I'm not really going to go anywhere. I'm just going to stay put. What? Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, exactly. Nice try. Exactly. Um, and again, you, you know, it's not at this point, um, we're not doing like the criminal beyond a reasonable doubt thing. We're doing the like, wh- what kind of person do you seem to be? And that's enough for the court. What I mean by that is, to your point, you just mentioned like nobody has a secret husband unless they're like um, somebody who's doing something wrong. Right. Like. Who <laughs> have you ever right. met that's like, oh, yeah, I'm a normal person, by the way, I have a secret husband, and we bought this house uh, in the woods for cash, and um, when I get Amazon <laughs> packages delivered, I have them delivered under an assumed name. Oh, yeah, that's totally normal. <sighs> totally normal. Nothing yeah. to see here. Well, the judge has a lot of discretion when determining if someone can get bail or not, so obviously the judge is going to look at all that stuff and go, yeah, I can't trust you because... Um, you're acting real shady and what's to prevent you from absconding from justice prior to July? Because let's be clear, she doesn't think that A, she's guilty of anything, as she said multiple times, and B, mm-hmm. she doesn't think she has to play by the rules that the rest of us have to play by. Well, and why would Elaine Maxwell think that she has to play the, by the rules that everyone else plays by? Because it's very clear from all of her alleged activities with Jeffrey Epstein, that these are individuals who, you know, I think it would be fair to argue, were enabled by a system to allow to exist outside of it, meaning that the consequences that these people face for their actions are not probably the same consequences that you and I would face for our actions. And we saw that story unfold with Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, you can watch the docu-series Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich, where it kind of goes into detail about Jeffrey Epstein and his whole arrest in Florida, which may have been mm, finessed and uh, moved along through the criminal justice system in a way that, Bradley, you and I would just never have. Oh, and exactly. Jeffrey Epstein is Jeffrey Epstein is no longer with us. And he's not going to be held accountable for his crimes in a way that Ghislaine Maxwell possibly could be, which is like, okay, well, we're going to keep you here. And we don't have an opportunity to put Jeffrey Epstein on trial. But yes, we have enough evidence, Ms. Ghislaine, to put you on trial. So guaranteed we're going to have you stay put and you're not going to go away with your secret husband. Yeah. Um, if, if, if at the very least this is just an attempt by the judge to make it extra obvious that nobody is going to get special treatment in this case i'm fine with that and i would imagine a lot of people are and i'm sorry that being in jail right now is not a fun place to be for Ghislaine maxwell but she will be afforded the same rights that every other human being is afforded in the criminal justice system and by that i mean maybe not everyone is afforded and she should be grateful that her resources and abilities will probably get her Um, treatment that not everybody else, including us, much less people without even uh, any resources we might have would receive. So 
I feel like right. she should just do the thing that I wish a lot of people would do in this moment right now and just look around and go, I am really lucky. I am really grateful. I hope she does a gratitude list. So, Ghislaine Maxwell, if you're listening, and she could be because they got radios in prison. Um, I hope you're listening. That's true. And I, I want Hi. for you to, to, to make a <laughs> gratitude list for the week of December 28th. Thank you. Yeah, I, it would be fascinating. You know, and this story is really like it needs to be discussed and talked about because I have been reading, you know, our year end uh, compendium of, of news stories of the year. And people who I like to pay attention to are like, this is a story that needs more attention. Mm-hmm. We need to be paying attention to somebody like Ghislaine Mack yes. as well. We need to pay attention to her relationships to people in positions of power. We need to keep talking about her associates and people that she was in relation with. I'm talking about people like Prince Andrew and the Pizza Express <laughs> and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, and, you know, speaking about accountability and having access to power, you know, as it unfolds and we learn more about Prince Andrew and his association with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, well, he's a member of the British royal family. And being a member of the British royal family comes really real and handy mm-hmm. when you have to be accountable for your behavior. Yeah. And Prince Andrew, it's, you know, we don't know if he will be held accountable for his alleged behavior in a way that will mm, satisfy our need for justice in this case. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. By the way, so, it, uh, no, I'm looking. I'm sorry, I was looking ahead and getting confused about where I am in time and space. But your point is well taken <laughs> in terms of the Ghislaine Maxwell story because nobody in their right mind is uh, in reference to Prince Andrew. Nobody, nobody in his position. Um, or I should say nobody not in Prince Andrew's position would be able to just not show up when people ask questions about what you know about a particular crime, right? So right. In, in this case, Ghislaine Maxwell, I hope that she is held to the same standard that everyone else is. When we come back, we are going to hold celebrities to a different standard, and that standard is that of D-Bag. Lord and Lady D-Bag, upon our return here on my talk 1071 thank you for that grant and thank you dear listener for listening to the colleen and bradley show here on my talk 1071 streaming live and doing everything entertainment at mytalk1071.com i'm bradley trainer that's holly roberts along with grant as you know on this beautiful tuesday before the deluge begins okay um you guys uh we need to crown today's lord and lady d-bag Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Holly, who is your D-bag today? Thanks for asking, Bradley. We're going in the D-bag Wayback Machine. Ooh. <laughs> Vintage D-bag, Ryan Philippi. Oh. For something that I don't remember happening, but his ex-wife, Reese Witherspoon, sure does, and she's talking about it. This all happened back in a simpler time at the 2002 Oscars. Reese Witherspoon and Ryan Philippi were a couple. They were probably already married by that point. 
And uh, they were presenting an Academy Award for Best Makeup to Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings. Spoiler alert, they won an Oscar for their makeup in 2002. (laughs) But it's what happened between the two of them on stage that I just, what? Oh my gosh. So... They were doing a little improv dialogue before they handed out the award for best makeup at the Oscars. That's a cheesy thing and, that celebrities uh, do. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> yeah, very cheesy. So they're having this relationship banter. And then they wondered aloud who should speak first. You know, you get up on stage and you're like, oh, I'm, you know, we're trying to be clever here. And then after some hesitation, Ryan Philippi told his wife, Reese Witherspoon, Quote, you make more money than I do. Go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 So he was like, tr- he, oh. he's trying to do the fake humble thing like, oh, I'm nobody. You go ahead because you make more money. Yeah. Yeah, and I have a problem. I'm really insecure about your success, Reese Witherspoon, but I'm going to make light of it because you're you're the lady in the relationship. You make more money than I do. You're really the boss. I had no idea that this happened. He's just an ass. That was just, that's, oh, what a terrible thing to say. I think he seems like the very person that would say something assy because I just feel like he's got that assy quality about him, right? Like, he's like, he thinks he's saying something like, but you don't realize, no, actually what you said comes across completely assy. He's just very, he's got to be a narcissist for sure, Mm. right? Yeah, so Reese was asked about this uh, at a Hollywood Foreign Press Association uh, function because, remember, the Golden Globes are probably going to be happening sometime in the near future. Yeah. Well, she was she recalled of this. She's like, you're reminding me of that. I forgot it ever happened, but you're right. He did say that, and no, it was not scripted. Reese Witherspoon goes on to explain that she felt women were shamed for success. She says... There's so few women that make a lot of money that sometimes they're shamed for it and sometimes they're expected to give more and do more because more to others uh, and be more to others in the same position that, say, a male movie star would not be expected to. She does say, Reese Witherspoon, that she thinks gender norms have changed quite a bit since that moment in 2000 or something. She, she was just like, that happened a long time ago. This was in my past. But yeah, my husband was being a total misogynist to me. Thank you. Yeah, and that explains why they're probably not together today, right? Yeah, they're not together anymore. Yeah, Brian Philippi, hmm, he's a curious celebrity. He is. He's one of those celebrities that I, I again, I think he, oh, I don't, it's hard, but my judgment is he's, he's one of those people that thinks he's really smart and like really, really, you know, like sarcastic and he likes to play like lean into that at least if i read his social media as any indication which maybe isn't always the best uh judge but yeah yeah like he's a little too clever then ryan philippi does he he occupies that same space that army hammer does Mm. Mm -hmm. where if they do something on social media and some people are dragging them or calling them out and like I would argue also our good friend Alec Baldwin from the beginning of the show today. <laughs> yeah. Where their celebrities, where their defensiveness comes out and just be jerk. 
and they will call out people on social media for what they perceive to be wrongs directed in their way. Yeah. And it's like, well, honey, you posted that and you're putting it out there for public consumption. People will comment. And sometimes it's, it's not comfortable. It's it all um, smells very much of like old celebrity or old. I don't want to say old Hollywood necessarily, but an earlier time when celebrities yes. were mm, more precious than they are right now. Right. Like uh, where they felt more set apart from the rest of us. Like, oh, we can't criticize them because you don't understand how hard it is to be a celebrity, right? Like, you don't understand what it's like to be followed around by paparazzi 24-7. Oh, yeah, no, I should feel sorry for this very, very fortunate, privileged person who um, reaps the rewards of society beyond, you know, what the average person does and has to deal with some of the baggage that comes along with it. But yeah, no, I'll shut up right now. There, there used to be that sort of relationship, <laughs> right, between celebrities and the public right. in a way that there really isn't now. There's a flattening of um, the celebrity public relationship. Well, and you know, you bring up a point, and I kind of wanted to touch on this. I mean, maybe we will a little bit today before we move on to your D-bag, Bradley. But it was fascinating to watch somebody like George Clooney that we've been talking about for the past month. Somebody who is doing the old school Hollywood public relations march to, to promote his new movie, The Midnight Sky. Mm-hmm. But we've commented on how awkward the rollout has been in as much as it's kind of so obvious mm-hmm. about what he's doing and why he's doing it and that era of celebrity i would argue is done yeah and we're just seeing the swan song and if in if ryan Philippi and army hammer think that they live in that kind of world of celebrity well they don't <laughs> yeah it's like good luck to you it's like tom cruise and his ivory tower like tom cruise believes his celebrity is far beyond what it actually is but to tom cruise and the people around him and his you know um like handcrafted bubble like it like in his world he is that celebrity and it is self-reinforcing in the broader world like i imagine right now he does not understand why people are being critical of his um outburst regarding you know covid restrictions uh on the set of mission impossible like why there would be any criticism because once a tom cruise speaks the world listens right like tom cruise mm. just by the nature of his celebrity carries a certain weight and like that weight is increasingly Mm. um one that he experiences as compared to the rest of us like we don't really mm, we're not afraid of tom cruise in the way that or i should say awed we are not in awe of tom cruise the way we maybe once were no totally absolutely right so ryan Philippi, for that stunt on the oscar stage you are my d-bag today bradley who is your d-bag thank you for asking my d-bag is us weekly hi they're a frequent flyer. This tabloid is my D-bag today because of this headline. Okay, go with me. It's a little juvenile, but when have I ever tried to be an adult? Zach Efron, exclusive. Zach Efron is very happy with girlfriend Vanessa Valadares and his life in Australia. <coughs> Lies. I'm still doing this. Lies. I'm still doing this. 
I, at first, I thought you were going to bring the headline about Willow Smith talking about the time she farted on a date. But this story, I'm much what? more interested in. What? So go on. I missed that story. <laughs> Please put a pin in that story, although carefully, as not to further uh, exacerbate the problem. No, let me get to Zach Efron. So the reason that Us Weekly is my D-bag is because they're they're peddling these lies about uh, Zach Efron's relationship with Vanessa Valadares, which the thing we know about Zach Efron is he has not talked publicly about his relationship with Vanessa Valadares. This is this woman in Australia. Uh, they've been hanging out, obviously. They're obviously friendly, maybe romantic. They have held hands in public, which means it's possible right but he's not gone on the record talking about this relationship at all um that said this episode is brought to you by snapple welcome to the snapple market auditory experience close your eyes imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store you make your way to the back and reach for your favorite snapple flavor you can't wait you take a sip whoa that's a lot of flavor what flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The particular story, uh, or the, the, the story based on this particular headline says, uh, or quotes, I should say, an exclusive source. Here's what they say. A source exclusively tells Us Weekly, Zach's loving his life in Australia. He's settled down and very happy with his girlfriend. It's serious. I can't hear Holly. Can you hear Holly? No, I can't. Oh, I can hear myself. Sorry. Oh, I was, there yeah, there, there I go. am. Um, so, there I am. Um, again, Zach's loving his life in Australia. He's settled down and very happy with his girlfriend. It's serious, you guys. Oh, can somebody please get Zach Efron a job and at Hollywood USA? Can you get Zach a job? Because this is all in service. This is a this is an example of a relationship mm-hmm. that we talked before uh, about here on the Colorado Bradley show where they are leveraging Zach Efron and his lady are leveraging the attention so that Zac Efron can get some work in Australia. And it's worked for him to a certain degree because he has been cast in some Australian streaming program of uh, Light Note. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, every, called. every headline up to this point, it was a streaming service and it was called like Go or Get On or Do It On or Do It Sideways. I don't know. It was some... Anyway, the moral... <laughs> Sorry, Zac Efron. Um <laughs> Come back to us. <laughs> All of the headlines about Zac Efron have been about his fabulous new life in Australia. And clearly, clearly, I mean, most recent or uh, as recent as yesterday, we had a headline about Zac Efron and the Zac Efron. Although the common denominator here is really me looking for stories about Zac Efron on Google. But the story <laughs> yesterday was that Zac Efron is selling his house um, or the one that we talked about yesterday was him selling his house in uh, the United States. So again, all of these stories are in service of him transitioning to life in Australia, which is clearly what he wants us to know, that he's putting down roots there. 
because this this exclusive source goes on to say, and by the way, shorthand for the audience who maybe doesn't show up every five minutes on the Colleen and Bradley show, when a tabloid says the source is exclusive, what does that usually mean? It means that usually the call is coming from inside the house. And the people who are calling are celebrity publicists or... Gosh, even the celebrity themselves. I'm looking at you, Lori Laughlin, with your people exclusive <laughs> about your tearful reunion with your daughters literally an hour after you got out of jail yesterday. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if mm-hmm. exclusive photos show up in the next week or so. So you're absolutely right. This is probably his cele- uh, his PR people, his publicist, trying to get headlines out there to keep him in the conversation because he really hasn't done anything. Not Not worthy of of, you know, constant media attention, but he has a good publicist. You know, I would be interested to see if he has the same publicist as one Rebel Wilson. Why? Well, two reasons. One, Australia. Two, because these are people who consistently get headlines who aren't doing anything, right? Like, at at least what they typically do or get headlines for. I did want to just finish up the quote uh, from this particular story and the exclusive source. They go on to say, he, that's Zac Efron, is living eight hours outside of Sydney. Nobody bothers him. He hangs out with the Hemsworths. He goes surfing. He's coming a long way from partying in L.A. So that is his people trying to say, like, he's on the up and up. Nothing to see here. No drama in his life, which is a calculated effort to sort of, you know, gussy up his image following, you know, maybe the darker side of headlines that used to surround him and also the blind items have indicated we have reason to be uh, concerned about what i'm saying is blind items have suggested that zach efron had some personal drama earlier this year maybe related to his demons in the form of drugs and alcohol right and Mm -hmm. so now you have this publicist pushing all these stories about how he's happy carefree on the beach health nut guru yoga well and remember the narrative of zach efron last year at this time was that zach efron was filming an adventure show in papua new guinea and something happened and he basically went on social media and was like hey i'm fine nothing to see here okay bye and we never saw the show that show has still not come out exactly missing footage should be revealed, man. But we will uncover it wherever it is. Uh, when we come back, speaking of uncovering things wherever they are, we need to give you an update on uh, another hot mess of a story. I'm sorry, this has been a very messy hour. But you guys, there's light at the end of the tunnel. However, we need to, um, I don't know, jump over a... Bless this mess? We need to bless this mess in the form of uh, a Hillsong update. That Carl Lentz guy. Yeah, we've got some news for you right here on My Talk 1071. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Yay! Holly Roberts. <laughs> we get real excited, Grant, when we talk about cults. Um, now, this is not necessarily a full-blown legitimate, or I should say legitimate, uh, this is not necessarily an independently verified cult experience, but I do have an update on no. Hillsong. What's a Hillsong, Holly? A Hillsong is a organization, a religious organization, a place of worship that has a global network. And the reason that we are talking about Hillsong is because it has direct links to the world of celebrities. They've 
had people like Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, the Jenners, Chris Pratt, etc. So really highly influential celebrities have walked through the doors of Hillsong. So that's why we're paying attention to it here. Exactly. And uh, one of their leaders is now disgraced. His name is Carl Lentz. Carl Lentz was like buddy-buddy with Justin Bieber. He's known as sort of like Justin Bieber's spiritual advisor at one point. Mm. Um, But he sort of crashed in flames, his career did, as the head of Hillsong's New York branch after it came to light that he had an affair um, and kind of, uh, you know, uh, the kind of affair that you're not supposed to have when you're uh, the leader of a faithful uh, organization. So that's that story. That's why we've been talking about it. The headline today is that um, somebody's been yapping over at the um, page six over at the New York Post and saying that Hillsong, you guys, has been operated like a nightclub with VIP treatment uh, for a long time. So saying that yeah. kind of what we had heard, which is that... <clears throat> This this organization was far more about celebrity than it was about its intended purpose, which was meeting people's religious needs in a new and different way. Right. You know, and Carl Lentz, to paint a, a visual picture of Carl Lentz, uh, he's a guy who liked to wear extremely expensive designer clothes. He was super into his bod and his visual presentation in a way that he explained away he was basically like look man i'm totally paraphrasing and i'm making up words but essentially it was like this is part of my job if i'm gonna connect with these rich celebrities on a spiritual level so to speak i gotta i gotta wear a saint laurent jumpsuit yeah I, and, I just that's just what we're doing and frankly i would call that a grift but you know people are entitled to their own judgment <laughs> sometimes you have to meet people mm-hmm. where they're at that's a legitimate thing so i can't argue with that although that said look what happened so that kind you know what i'm saying like uh this guy was like yeah. hey i just gotta do this because this is how you gotta the kids like this stuff, so I gotta be cool and hip. And if you looked up the word <laughs> hipster in the dictionary, you would see um, a graphic illustration of Carl Lentz, you know, with uh, with his outfit, his abs, his tattoos, um, his you know, like uh, super long t shirt, um, and probably like a, a wide brimmed uh, floppy hat of some kind at some point. With like, I mean, I could go on. Anyway, the moral of this story yeah. is. Carl Lentz um, kind of looked and played the part of this hipster megachurch charlatan. And according to one insider who's now talking to Page Six, I mean, it wasn't just Carl Lentz. Like, literally the way they ran this venue in New York, of which he was the head of, they ran it like a concert venue. And in fact, that's where they held it, at a concert venue, the Gramercy Theater in New York. In fact, they mm-hmm. they um, had VIP members who were able to reserve, you know, special seating, while average churchgoers had to wait hours to get a good spot. Um, they would rent out this space every Sunday to hold their services, and had a VIP congregation with reserved spots for celebrities, influencers, like a hundred seats reserved for notables, while regular people had to line up. Um, you know, to get entrance into this experience. And you begin to wonder like, well, what kind of, what, what kind of faith based thing is this? Is this really faith or is this more about seeing and being seen? 
Right. Or, you know, perhaps it's about mm, cultivating relationships with people who have the ability to tithe in a way that lay people perhaps don't. You mm -hmm. know, 10% of a million dollars is different than 10% of $100,000 or $10,000 or what have you. So, you know, and the fact that they... Because I don't really know, I haven't read the fine print on exactly what they were doing at Hillsong or yeah. what they are doing. Yeah. But if we're just looking at at the outside looking in, it's like, well, okay, you are, like, by separating people into VIP and lay people, you're already cultivating this weird sense of specialness and celebrity that it's like, I would question... When you go to a place like Hillsong, isn't that where you kind of put that stuff aside and you come together for a higher purpose? Yeah, I, I think that maybe that, I'm naive. That would be maybe the one place where you're like, we're all the same and we're all sharing the same thing. And nope, uh, like everything nope. else in the world, you can pay extra to get better service. It's like the comfort plus of um you know mega churches right like the delta comfort plus like if i pay an extra 25 dollars, i can sit closer to the to the altar i just i i uh. I, I would imagine i mean and that's okay right like if that's your true belief but i kind of get the impression that that wasn't the belief system they were trying to sell that they were selling the other kind which we thought maybe was a better idea like we're all the same and we're all doing the thing but yet there was a clearly delineated you know hierarchy and and i think that has come home to roost which is why you see somebody like carl lentz like if he's a rock star and this organization is so solely built around his rock star status once his status is questioned and falls right like the rest of it's probably going to be a house of cards so it shouldn't be that shocking that people are now coming out and saying oh look it, it really was just all about celebrities and people trying to get attention from you know the jenners and the biebers of the world right because we can lever that leverage that attention and you know i suppose then it's the numbers game in in the same way that we've made this comparison before on the show to hillsong and scientology another organization another quote-unquote religious organization that deliberately goes after celebrities and people of influence and power in order to gain uh higher numbers of membership mm -hmm. like they're kind of playing that game where it's like well for every selena gomez that comes through our doors that means she's gonna quote unquote influence a hundred other people to come through our doors and then like let's do the math on that yeah <sighs> yeah it, it, it is why we have drawn uh as you did the the relationship between or draw the drew can i use words it's why we have drawn the connection before between organizations like Hillsong and Scientology because if you are using the celebrity to get power and influence that's not really a religion that seems like more of a cult slash endeavor to make as much money and and be uh, as famous as you possibly can which that's our yeah. territory here on the Colleen and Bradley show we love to talk <laughs> about that um, yeah, we, we don't sure really do care you know what else we like to talk about what going deep in the shallow yes yes and what we do and what is that also and there's the a name podcast of
Yeah. The name of the podcast that Colleen and Bradley have done just for you. A little treat, a little snack. If you like listening to Colleen and Bradley talk about such things as Hillsong, uh, what, Scientology. And more. Go on over. And more after and the more. show, though. All right. when After we c- the show, download. When we come back, it's Nerd Corner time. Holly is going to be uh, the head of Nerd Corner. She wants you to share your nerdy stuff. We'll tell you what that means when we come back right here on My Talk 107. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.